Outside the box, pursuing their creative and intellectual passions, and today my guest is uh, Paul McCartney, the no, Patrick McCartney of the Beatles. Yeah, <laughs> and he's cool. uh, he teaches uh, improv at the pit. He was my level two improv teacher, and he's also performs at improv house teams, and, and you teach a comedic acting class as well. And yeah, and how to solo show class. Um, yeah, and I do private work for like uh, corporate, um, and one on one work with people in the corporate world. And well, you can go to www.patmccartney.com if you want to find out more about me. I'm an actor and an improviser and a writer and sometimes director. I just see myself as like a theater artist. So how, how did your interest in the arts develop? Um, I, it started when I was young because I was born and raised in New York City, in Manhattan. My dad uh, is a writer and my mom was a model for a while. And then she had me and my brother and she still stayed very connected to the arts. So I grew up in one of those, you know, apartments with a lot of books and culture. And uh, yeah, it was a very sort of New York city in the 70s and 80s upbringing. And I would go see like uh, every Christmas, my brother and I would go see one of the Neil Simon he had these three plays, this trilogy of plays uh, called, uh, first one was Brighton Beach Memoirs, second one was Biloxi Blues, the one was Broadway Bound. We used to go every uh, Christmas, my brother and I, we'd see uh, that trilogy unfold. And I always uh, liked um, acting. And, and then, of course, uh, I grew up you know, admiring certain like Belushi and that type of approach to acting or performing. And so I moved to Chicago when I was 18. So kind of slapstick, because I remember him in the, the Blues Blues Brothers. That was uh, Belushi and Animal House. Those are the two. Yeah. Guys. Yeah. Uh, he had, he was uh, like an actor and he was loose. He had, what I didn't know at the time was he was sort of an improvisatory actor. He was like wild. You know, he also lived the kind of life I wanted to live for a while, which is wild and crazy and still be able to perform. And I liked um, being funny and I liked funny people rather than I, than I liked hanging out with actors. More so, let's say. So I moved to Chicago when I was like 18, a month later, I turned 19. And I found funny people that I wanted to be around. 
and learn from. And there were some great ones there. And so it's improv was a way to kind of perform, but without being, that wasn't exactly being an actor, but you could be around more comedians and people like that. Well, I did both when I was in Chicago. Chicago's got a great theater scene. And it was improv wasn't so huge back then. So it was like uh, I would improvise and I'd do a lot of plays. And I'd improvise and I'd do a lot of plays. But most of my friends were, were improv people. So so what got you interested in improv? Was it just uh, the, the more the spontaneous, being more spontaneous? And did you think, it would, or did you think it would help with theater or help with acting? Was it what, which? Yeah, I mean, I found that it did. I found that I was surrounded by some incredible people. So I was always being challenged. Uh, I found that when I did it well, I did it really well. I found that there was something scary about it that I knew I wanted to overcome. And I would find moments where I overcame it and then moments where I felt like I couldn't. So, but I knew I could. I just didn't know what the secret was. And it turns out there was no secret except for a few things that I managed to do whenever I came back in the improv, which was about six years ago. So I left for a long time and came back. Uh, but I was, I did it for, you know, about 10 years in Chicago. I joined uh, the touring company in Second City where I met Ali from The Pit, uh, the owner of The Pit, Ali Razor-Faranakian. And <clears throat> we toured with Amy, Polar and Tina Fey, Rachel Hamilton, and Bill Cott is our initial tour co. And then we had Dave Pompey, Rich Tellerico, wonderful people in that uh, experience. So well, that was like a while ago. And then I left Chicago, went, went to LA briefly, studied with a great teacher there, came back to New York, and that's when everybody I knew had started the first UCB space, uh, which I helped start uh, on 22nd Street. And all my friends were writing for Conan or SNL. So I was able to get a lot of work and improvise. And I started acting in the plays of Shira Piven, who was a director I still work with today. But she moved into a lot of TV and, and film. Yeah, but is there is there a way? So like, is there a way to apply improv to scripted material? Did you did you ever find that? I think so. I mean, it depends. I mean, some writers are very open to it. Uh, otherwise, I think you can behave improvisationally within text if you're really allowing yourself to behave moment to moment, and you really know your text. I think you know, really trusting that you can play off the other person and you know what you want and you're relaxed and you're actively listening and you allow yourself to say the words in whatever way they're going to be said, that would be, in my opinion, improvisational acting as opposed to like a 
a certain way doing it every time. So you just know the lines well enough where it's not memory anymore. It's like you're saying it as if you were actually saying it. Yeah. 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 With high stakes and playfulness and yeah. yeah. And it doesn't, it doesn't matter if you get the line exactly right. It's, it's, if it's the, the overall meaning of the line. Well, that depends on the writer. That depends on the writer. (laughs) But some are very, some are very particular about that kind of thing. Oh yeah. Yeah. They're like, don't mess up my words. And I find that aggravating as an improviser. So that's probably one of my, hmm. you know, one, one thing I've taken away from improv that's probably not a great habit, um, which are different than conservatory training. But conservatory actors get intimidated by improv. So, you know, if you could really learn your text well, you could do both. If you, if you, if you're a conservatory trained actor and you don't have much improv experience, improv is very scary. Yeah, and, and improv isn't for you if, if, if you're like the writer you were describing, someone who just has a very narrow view of what they want. And because it, 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 it's for more people that would be open to collaboration or other people's ideas. But I think that that's how like a, a script or a play or a movie can get better is if you take in other people's ideas and they make even uh, with Blade, Blade Runner I'm thinking of where he added in that that one line yeah. about the tears from the rain and I think uh, in The Shining actually the the uh, here's Johnny line was improvised and, and yeah. Goodfellas Goodfellas too Joe, Joe Pesci improvised that whole uh, what am I a clown do I amuse you that whole thing was improvised yeah those are three great examples right yeah. directors that were you know i mean directors uh you know a lot, i think a lot of them will leave an open take i don't i don't really know how it works for every director but hopefully they leave you know they trust their actors enough that the actors should know the material and the character and you should really let the actor do the work and a good actor can improvise within the, the imaginary circumstances, especially if they have a clear objective and a clear understanding of relationship, and I think yeah. it's great. You know, they kind of have I to guess, put them put themselves in that world to be able to make the acting believable. And so yeah. improvising a bit can help you do that. Yeah, and some writers are very particular. You know, they want to be they want their words to be, and some. Some are poets, you know. Some, some just want, just love the way they've written, and you know, I imagine someone like Aaron Sorkin is not so open to improv, but he loves. His, it feels like he loves the way he writes, and a lot of people like the way he writes. And there's a musicality like Shakespeare; you couldn't improvise. I think Tennessee Williams probably shouldn't improvise. David Mamet probably shouldn't improvise. Because there's structure and there's pauses built in. And there's very intentional stuff in there. You can't really get a... You can't really... Can I curse on the show or no? Yeah, yeah. You can't really fuck around with because they're so intentional the pauses, the ellipses, the interruptions. 
all that. Yeah, because because language kind of for a while was uh, it, it, with Shakespeare. I know it was it was almost like it, language was kind of like an art form that people used. Like the lang- people went to go hear. I think they, they used to say they used to go hear a Shakespeare play, Shakespearean play, rather than they go see one. But I don't I don't know if that's yeah. as much the the case with newer writing. Well, also because a lot of writing is now film, and that's more not focusing on the dialogue. I don't know. A newer plays, I guess, are still dialogue. I don't know. I think it changed. You know, when Brando came in the picture, and he was all about behavior. You know, and you you could watch a Brando movie with the sound off, and you knew what was going on, and you were still like interested because his inner life was so strong, and he was behaving. Suddenly, I don't know. If God, you know, I had a great acting teacher tell me once that you should be able to turn the sound down on any movie. And if the acting is really good, you should be able to tell what's going on. Uh, That doesn't mean the writer. I don't dismiss the writer at all. My dad's a writer and I'm a writer and I love good writing. Um, and And if I was doing a play, I'd probably leave. If I'm doing a play and the writer's there, I always find it intimidating because I want to be able to improvise. And being, you know, the son of a writer, I always hesitate because I don't want to disrespect the writer. Yeah, I guess you can kind of work with the writer on it and just like ask. Hopefully. Hopefully. Yeah. Hopefully. Some have written their words you know, in a way that they really wanted to be heard. Yeah, so, so 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 what kind of writing projects are you working on or have worked on? Sketch comedy or... Yes, sketch comedy and I've written some poetry and I'm writing some screenplays right now or at least trying to play... You know, quarantine's got, well, got us all wanting to create, 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 create. And I'm a pretty good writer. I'm just not a very disciplined writer. So I'm trying to, I have a, some stuff I've been working on for a while and just trying to get that discipline in me. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I, I was actually re- revising a script I worked on a while ago and actually uh i'm working on another comedy script with uh eric who was in the improv too i took with you yeah 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 yeah. Yeah, but it's but it's it's similar to acting in a way in some ways writing because you're kind you kind of have to get in the mind of the character you have to get in the setting only you're you're putting it on paper you're not in the scene yeah yeah which is why a lot of writers take my acting class because they want to feel what it's like to be in that, in those shoes. So, so comedic acting is the main kind you've explored and the main kind you teach. Have you have you tried with other styles as well? Or oh yeah, I teach you both. Um, we we called it comedic acting before we went into. I mean, the pit called it that before we went into lockdown because uh, it was a niche market. And I'm an actor, but I can do comedy. I don't really approach the two that much differently, except for sketch comedy. So we had, I had to focus on sketch 
and now it's developed into just a, a larger sort of scene study class with still a lot of sketches from SNL and stuff. It's a fun class. Yeah, so, so, now so it's so called acting for the camera because we were, you know, all struggling in the beginning to figure out how to work Zoom. So, so it, when we come back, hopefully I'll just be teaching acting at advanced and beginner. So do you see theater and improv, the pit, all that coming back? Or do you think that's the COVID, a great question? Yeah. Or did COVID kind of shut all that down? I don't know. I don't know. That's a tough one. I mean, it's really hard to tell. I, I hope I'm hoping that it comes back in May in some form, at least a little bit. I mean, I'm sure there'll be outdoor stuff. Um, I've heard Broadway's the fall. I I don't know what to. Well, I think the pit's holding on. Um, hopefully, the space on the west side will reopen. And I know the owner's doing his best to make sure that happens. Yeah, yeah, but it, it's amazing they're still shutting places down and uh, all that with uh, with the pandemic. Because, like, there's not really much you could, yeah. I know, it's a weird feeling to be a person in the theater and see other people start to go back to work. And, but the one thing I do, like, is not starting up again. And even teaching, like, I'm still teaching remotely. It's not the it's same a, kind of experience. Well, it's actually been great because I'm working with students from all over the world, uh, which is really cool. It and I was very cynical about it in the beginning, but less so now. I love it. I'm actually really enjoying it. Yeah, I guess it's. Is is there something with the in person class that's missing, or you you feel like it's the same experience over? Zoom? Yeah, I mean body language. You can't read body language. Um, a lot of environment work seems to have disappeared. Um, but we've made it work. We've been at work, excuse me. Yeah. Well, it's I went positive. It's been a positive. And it's been, I've been very lucky to be able to be able to do it. I imagine students will drop off once the messages were open, except we're not, you know, go outside, do what you got to do. Except the people of the theater are going to be, we're just going to be still confused i don't i don't know i don't know i don't know i'm hoping you know like we all are yeah because i i did a an improv event uh through zoom and i i remember it just i mean it was fun but it just wasn't the same because it didn't it was harder harder to immerse myself in the scene doing it over zoom because you're not there's not the physicality as much like being there yeah yeah the guys i play with this group centralia improv we haven't done anything over Zoom because um, we not all all of us have to be in, and some of us don't particularly enjoy it. And that was started early. I've done a couple of shows 
here and there in the beginning. Uh, but I, I don't really perform much now. I'm doing a podcast. I mean, I'm doing another a written thing. Um, and I've done a couple of readings of plays. Yeah, so and, just and, just keeping the creative juices flowing as much as you can. As much as I can. Yeah. 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 How about you? How are you doing? I'm doing, I mean, I, I've been looking into voice acting and stuff. I mean, I always had an interest with that, but even, but now like it, it's, it's really cool. Cause I was able to do voice two characters for a project in Chicago with having out, having to physically be there. And yeah. I, I, did, I did another voice actor. So that, and I took a voice acting class to learn some more things too, but that seems to be something that's still thriving is voiceover and voice acting. Yeah. Now would be a good time to get into voice acting and book reading, you know, that kind of stuff. And yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and writing too. I've been doing like a and writing. Yeah. Revi revising an old screenplay I worked in that I'm working on uh, another project with my friend Eric doing a kind of comedic script and uh, I, I hope to shoot both of them I hope to shoot like once things are a little bit more open but I think some things are starting to shoot because I did do one reenactment series recently in, right here in New Jersey I haven't really been going into the city as much since the pandemic because I'm in New Jersey I mean I know some people have but it's I know it's like things aren't as open as much like it's it's not I know it's different going in. It feels like, I mean, right now, especially because it's like almost 70 degrees, it feels very open. I just moved into lower Manhattan. I was living in the Bronx and I was living in Inwood before that in the past year. Um, but now being down here, it feels much more alive than it, than it did last year that's for sure um when we were at just the beginning of, of lockdown uh hopefully it'll stay that way i know last summer it started to feel a little bit like this like people were going out and uh it's weird for me because i don't my work still from home and uh there's no no theater to go to yes it seems like for for artists like that's one group it's it's still like the hardest for like because i feel like there's less they can do now as far yeah. as a so as far as a social thing there's only solitary things but like i said they're still doing some shoots and stuff like that like around here with the reenactments where i got to play the robber yeah. and like i got to people play are shooting on. people are shooting yeah they're, they're starting to shoot for yeah. sure yeah but just like with a lot more precautions and everything yeah they have to take the test and ch temperature checks and all that but i'm sure people are being lazy about it or i mean i just got my first shot so i don't know how that'll change things yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm signed up for the alerts but i haven't gotten anything about a appointment yet or anything I think it's yeah. like going to be probably a week or two before everybody can get an appointment in New York. Yeah. Oh, oh it was because you're an educator, I guess, was the reason? Or... I guess. Yeah. I got a, I got a thing from my, my, uh, my doctor saying I was eligible. 
and I went in up in Harlem and got one done. Yeah, I might be because of uh, they recently said I had bronchial asthma, which I guess is like a uh, allergy allergy connected to allergies, the asthma. But it, but I thought it was weird yeah. that they they discovered that 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 would only pop up later in life. But I don't know. I I always had certain times where I felt short of breath, but I, but I, I always thought that people knew they had asthma earlier on. So yeah, maybe you had bronchitis once, and now you're now you've got this thing that makes you eligible. Yeah. Yeah. yeah there's all kind of, I guess it's yeah it varies on the different conditions with that and all that. I guess so, yeah. I mean, it was very... Now, I was turned down the first time because I knew a person that was me, got me, or helped me, helped me figure out how to make an appointment. I made an appointment, but I didn't read the eligibility stuff. I just kind of showed up, and they were like, no. And then I went again after I'd gotten an email from my doctor, and uh, I got it. So you, you, you talked about uh, having the the wild like wanting a wild life at one point and then i know you, you said in class you went the other way with sobriety and yeah i got sober, sober about seven and a half um a little over seven years ago uh yeah but i had a real drug and alcohol problem for many years and so that was that just being around performing and other the comedy shows and theater uh, i don't know i mean there, there, there's so many people in recovery that i mean i early on i probably thought that but now that i'm in recovery uh i i know you know lots of different uh professions that believe you know lawyers lawyers every every community can find their their alcoholics and addicts you know uh, some people could do it and it doesn't attach themselves some people can't like for me i think it's very genetic and it just became it's like a, it's more than drinking too much it becomes after a little time you start working on yourself or myself and and there's like other issues that um reveal themselves and you start having to take care of yourself in a different way at least that's been my experience so the alcohol can can be used to sort of hide so you don't have to look at certain issues in yourself right that you, like that you don't want to deal with it. yeah or anxiety or um trauma a lot of trauma childhood stuff you don't want to remember or deal with insecurities a lot of very human stuff but for me it just like it's like it was like a uncomfortability in my skin was part of it how do i get comfortable i felt very comfortable in my skin when i was using until it became a problem and then it becomes that's that, that becomes a big question how to find you know how to not to get too angry how to how to just sort of live at peace yeah but for, for me in my experience with alcohol it usually like brings out the worst 
in me. Like, but I, I become more. I it just uh, I don't know. Some people, I guess, it it kind of it brings out their worst or their worst behavior. And I've just had so many yeah. experiences with it. I just think now. I just think, what's the point of getting like that? So, well, that's good. I mean, if you can just put the bottle down, uh, that's definitely a way of of doing it. When if you can have that clarity, of like you know what, I don't want to do this anymore, then to me or the people around me, then that's helpful. I find support groups to be helpful to, for me so I can remember especially how bad it was because quarantine was hard. <clears throat> you know, quarantine was challenging for those of us in recovery. Uh, or I should say for those of us. For me, I had a lot of drunk dreams. Uh, I had to really sort of do the thing we're not supposed to do, which is isolate a lot. It's hard to get around people, you know. Yeah. So I would go to support group meetings over Zoom, which were helpful but different. Um, and I just need, a, need help. I need to stay like aligned in order for me to not pick up again because if i were to pick up again i've seen too many examples of it not going well i would pick up right where i left off i believe which was oh, crazy so, so, to tell. yeah so there were yeah. times you, you fell back into it and then had to get off again not, not yeah. in seven years no oh, okay uh, but I mean, it took me forever to, I think I probably quit for a couple of months and then go back into it. But I never really understood that I had a uh, disease until I got into recovery. And now that I've been into recovery, I've been fortunate not to fall back into it. But I know a lot of people that do then come back into recovery, you know. And I, and I remember for a while, that most things weren't open, but liquor stores were open. So that must have been hard. Yeah, yeah. the business yeah. was thriving. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I, I think that business did better than just about any other business. The liquor business. Oh, yeah. 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 Delivery, delivery, delivery. And it was an essential, you know, essential business. That's what they called it. Liquor yeah. Stores. Yeah, I guess I thought people needed a way to cope or something people do if it's working for you i say go for it you can have one you know if you do it do it i can't do it but good for you if you can yeah so, so has it been did you did it get you to find different ways to enjoy life or be social once you had to put the bottle down because it was because i know a lot of times people go out to bars and stuff after shows how did it affect, like, did you have to find new ways to socialize? And Yeah, I mean, I have a lot of social anxiety, which is part of my affliction or disease. And uh, I had to be very careful and vigilant about the people I hung out with. But mostly I found a uh, doing getting back to the theater was great. Performing was great, and 
I said yes to a lot of things. I was able to show up. I was able to be present. It wasn't interfering with <clears throat> my my professional life, which which was everything to me. And then now I've had to do a personal personal stuff, and that's been hard. Uh, but it's like growing up. It's like it's forcing me to grow up in a way that a lot of people my age it's, don't make it. So do you, do you feel happier now without it? Yeah, I do. Yeah. So so I guess the the wildlife is exciting for a while, but then I guess after a while, you found it was it empty after a while, and then I guess you found more meaning in other things. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's a great way to describe it. Yeah, the wild. I mean, I would, if I could, I'd still be living the wildlife. You know, I'd be dead probably. I just, I couldn't do any other way to live. It wasn't even a wildlife. It wasn't a life. It was just, you know, it was how can I get another drink? You know, where, what bar are we going to? How can I get this drug? Uh, how, what's, I don't want to leave. Wake up, party, you know. I was all in. I was I was not in good shape. And did your art or did acting help with any of getting out of that? Is it what? Oh yeah. Well, once I was able to get my sort of chops back, which was slow, it took me about two years, and I was very fortunate to get back in touch with some people who allowed me to try improvising again and. I did some very small things over at what was called the Treehouse, which is now the Pit Loft. Um, and then I sort of worked my way back in. And that took a couple of years. And then I started teaching at the Pit about five years ago. And, and now I feel like I'm a better performer than I ever was. So did you get into performing and improv because of social anxiety as well? Because you mentioned that's part of what influenced the... Probably, you know, you get that first laugh in a room and suddenly you feel accepted. I know I did, like in fifth grade, going to a new school and then making the whole room laugh. Feels pretty good. That helps because that made me feel you know, like I had something to offer. But social anxiety in general, I if I'm at, you know, a crowded party, I, I want to get out. I don't want to be there. Um, so that's tricky. When you put down the drink, you have to learn how to negotiate that sort of way of living. Yeah. I, I guess it's a way to kind of escape your well your inhibitions go away that's what it is you're just less yeah 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 it's a social lubricant and for and for acting and improv sometimes the social anxiety goes away if you can become a different character because it's not you as yeah that, that's yeah. the way i used <laughs> to think of it 
but now I'm like all about me. Like I want to, I, 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 yeah, when I was a younger actor, I was like interested in like the method and how I can become the other person. Now I'm just like doing sides of me, which is less angsty for me as a performer. I like to relax into whatever I'm doing rather than, you know. Yeah. Right, right. So just kind of being yourself in the role, sort of. Being sides of myself. Like, what part of this is me? Yeah. You know, I believe it's, I, there's nobody else playing the part. So ultimately, you know, I mean, I think yeah. there was a period where I would get, I would try to get as methody as I could as a young actor. Now, I just try and find my personal, make it as personal as I can. Yeah, well, what I, I guess it, it also depends what character you're playing. I guess some, certain ones, if it's from a different, but even if it's from a different time period or a different character than you, you can. there's always a universal human thing you can relate to. Like, there's certain emotions that everybody goes through no matter what what their what walk of life they come from. Yeah. I guess you, you could always connect to that even if you can't relate to the character on other things. You could always connect to you know falling in love or or wanting to rob someone or you know most of the themes are always they're, yeah. they're not they're not like this is out of my I'm older, you know, I can connect. I work with a lot of young actors and they have to do more work because I I know I've been through a lot. So it feels like I can connect to it a little quicker. I don't know. I could be wrong about that. There's some remarkable young actors out there that I'm just like, wow. Well, it depends on it? that. It depends on, I mean, because you, be, you could be an older person that hasn't done that experience that much. You could be a younger person who's been through a lot. So it depends on the person too, I guess. Yeah, and a lot of acting approaches encourage using the imagination. And I, I like to use truth as often as I can. Um, and for some actors, imagination works. It doesn't really, you know, what the mystery is to good acting. I don't really know the answer, but I do know that it's just different ways of trying to figure out how to connect to the material. But do you think you could, someone could find truth in imagination? Imagine something and kind of find a truth in that and then connect. Yeah. I mean, I, I imagine people, I, 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 I imagine I'm, I, I'm sure people would say that's exactly what acting is. Just pretend. I mean, when I improvise, I'm imagining worlds and scenarios. And so it's a big part of it. The imagination. I mean, the imagination is probably why I'm an actor in the first place. Yeah. It's kind of tapping into that playful energy that you know as a kid when you're using your imagination it's still yeah. yeah it's definitely why i'm an improviser yeah and is there anything because you mentioned i guess you mentioned going more towards truth with acting is there anything else that you've and it has is there any ways that your acting has changed aside from that or your improv has changed or anything you've learned aside from um just changing from using your imagination method acting to using your own truth um yeah uh, 
um, I would just say in general, I'm less interested in what someone else may think of my work and more more aware of whether or not I'm true in a moment. I'm less dependent on someone say, else saying that was great. Although all actors, I don't care how amazing or cool you are, I believe every actor wants to hear that was great after a show, every one of us do. Because we wanna feel like we affected people, which is why we do it. We want to affect people. It's not just for me, but I also don't feel dependent upon. I feel like if I, I, I have a pretty clear sense of whether or not I'm being truthful, honest, and that I think comes from sobriety. Just because, because it just gives you, because more of a clear head, I guess. Just because you're, you're more yourself. Maybe. Yeah, and I have a clear access of my emotional life. Hmm. Right, you're not using a something to run away from it. Like right, I don't have. I now I can grab it all. I, I have it all at my disposal. And I'm much more open. So, do you have yeah. any? Do you have any advice for other performers or actors? Don't Especially don't do during... drugs. <laughs> don't do it. Uh, that would be number one because you you want if you want to have clear, if you want to be vulnerable and you know, if you want to be treated professionally, then don't do those things before you perform. Especially, I think comics and improvisers. You know, we've it's become so. It's like. Who who who's who are we there for? The bar the bar or the audience? And some of us, you know, we get you know, comics, the bar will take care of us. So we get used to that <clears throat> unprofessional life of not being paid because we're willing to get paid by the bar when the bar should be paying us and but we need to behave professionally we want we don't want free drinks we want you know money so it's a two it's you know it's it's a it's a beast that i think has gotten a little out of control i know the people when i was a kid i admired were all like big drinkers partyers <laughs> And that was certainly the scene when I moved to Chicago the for the in the beginning. For theater or improv. And it was fun. It was fun. Uh for for both, really. Uh yeah, I mean improv especially, but <laughs> uh and I had a great time. And a lot of people had a great time and they're not they didn't get as all fucked up as I did. Um and some people can still party. I'm always like, wow, good for you. Uh, so I don't know. I mean, it, it was definitely fun. I, for someone that gravitated <clears throat> or has the disease of alcoholism, it was very appealing. 
you know. But I could have found it if I was in an accountant. Oh, the alcoholism. Yeah. So. It's oh, like, yeah. I would have yeah. found my way in. So, yeah. so do you think there's people that can be around that but not get sucked into it? or? Uh, uh, yeah. I mean, I've, I know there there are. I've seen it. Uh, I've, I've seen I've seen people intentionally stay away from it. I've seen people just sort of hang out and leave. You know? Yeah, I'm sure you have too. People yeah. that, yeah. Yeah, they just kind of, I guess they take care of the other people who are drunk and getting Yeah. Away. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Keep them in line or drive them home or whatever. Well, not drive, probably that, not as much of that in the city, people driving people home, but. No, I grew up in New York City, so it was a good town to, you know, I did get a driver's license when I was 24, so I was very lucky I avoided the driving thing. That would have been a problem. Yeah. And it did become a problem later, that's for sure. Yeah. Well, because I guess when you're drunk, sometimes it's hard to think, because you you know you don't want to drive drunk, but then if if you had a few, then... You're thinking about like, oh, I'm good, I'm good, and then <laughs> it's yeah. just so stupid. It's like so stupid. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's a whole nother. Yeah. So, so is there anything else maybe we didn't cover, and maybe any final thoughts you'd like to say? No, I mean, I just uh, thank you for having me do this. I didn't know it was going to be on on. Uh, like where our faces were going to be shown. Yeah, it's I, I I've been doing that more recently. Yeah, adding the videos. That's cool. Because I can do that with Zoom. I think that adds a lot. People can see the people talking, and it and it helps me work on my body language, and you know if I can see myself talking too. So. Yeah, I'm 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 nervous to see myself. I haven't seen myself do anything uh, in in a long time. So I I feel like I, I think oh there's Alexa. I guess Alexa's <laughs> Alexa's joining the show too. <laughs> Alexa's excited. Yeah. Uh, but thank you, Sean. It's good to see you. Oh yeah, good to yeah, good to see you. Good to catch up because I I I think the the last time I saw you was just before the quarantine because I, I I was about to do I was doing the improv level two class with you. And then it was right before we were going to do the show that this whole quarantine happened. Wow. And I think, yeah. I, and I think that the, one of the last times I was in the city was to do your class. And it was only like four people because everybody else was scared of COVID. Yeah, it was like yeah. people were starting to get the memo. Yeah. It was like the corporate people especially. Like suddenly like nobody was there. Like we were having classes and nobody was showing up. It was like people got the memo a month before we did, or at least before I did, because I was the la- I was in a show that opened, and then we did like three performances, and I was on my way down to do another performance, and I knew this woman that had been to China, and she was texting me on the train saying, "Get off the train, do not do that show." And we were all confused. 
So I showed up and we ended up doing the show that night. And there was an audience and everything. But immediately afterwards, everything shut down. That was the night they announced Broadway was done. Yeah. Yeah. And yeah. now here we are a year later. Yeah, that's why I like when when they say oh things are still when I, I'm gonna wait till things actually do open up to like be happy about like oh now things well I mean we didn't have the vaccine right. before right so the vaccine right that's is something the one new. factor but we're still you know I mean New York right now we're okay but outside of New York it's still tricky we still get a lot of tourists here and we've got these weird strains and the numbers are still very high so you know God help us. We can we can keep this up. Yeah, well, hopefully not too long, and then it would be back to more in person. I mean, Zoom's not too bad, but I think no. it's Zoom, I, I like the Zoom for interviews. I think I'm gonna keep yeah doing that because I, I, I could have had the video and I, yeah, I can interview whoever pretty much. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> All right. Well, uh, thanks for coming on. And uh, is there a way people can keep updated with anything? Yeah, you can follow me. You can go to my website, uh, com. You can follow me on Insta at the Patrick Mac, uh, P A T R I C K M A C. Otherwise, it's patmccartney.com uh, website. I teach at the Pit uh, People's Improv Theater. And right now, we just teach remotely. I teach improv all the levels mostly the higher levels four and five i have a four coming up at the end of march i teach acting at the pit.com the pit nyc and i have a podcast coming out uh, written by a comic named nikki mccollum based on her story and that's called Dry Run. And you can hear me on, at the Centralia Improv Podcast, where that's the improv group I work with. Different. We interview people. We do a lot of things. Oh, so yeah, you have your own kind of BSing show. Like, yeah. You, you do, yeah. Nice. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's with me and three other guys. So I've interviewed a few people. Uh, I did an interview with the actress Kate Walsh, which is really interesting. Okay. Um, and uh, two other Chicago, uh, anyway, that's at Centralia, the Centralia Improv Podcast. Cool. Well, yeah, thanks, thanks again for coming on, and, uh, if those of you want to keep updated with BSing with Sean K on Spotify, iTunes, BS, apostrophe, I-N-G, with S-E-A-N-K, and that's, uh, yeah, because there's two ways of spelling Sean, and you can also... Yep. Look up, look up, uh, S E A N K N E E S E. That's how you spell my name. It doesn't because niece. It's a silent K. Uh, on social media and also Instagram, I post some of my podcast stuff there, as well as like my acting or other things I'm working on. And yeah, that's about it for this episode. I'll catch you on the next one.